Hello there. Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars in the Galaxy. Watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. And today we are back with episode 107 of Star Wars in the Galaxy. We are recording this. We're actually doing a double recording week. We're recording this. This is going to come out after hyperspace, but we're recording this before hyperspace, just as a little editorial note. Because and just because it, it's good to keep that continuity up there. But yeah, we we are covering this week. We are covering three episodes in our chronological rewatch of Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2, Metamorphosis, The Outpost, and Pabu. Three, I think, just hard-hitting episodes. And like two of them, spoilers, two of the three of them are in my I top my top five of this season. Close enough for me as well. So, yeah. And and the other one is probably top 10. Probably just barely misses out. So this season is just fantastic for me. And I I think Jacob has enjoyed it too. I don't want to speak for you or anything. But, you know, actually, let me just... There we go. All right, there we go. But, yeah. But, yeah, I don't want to speak for you. But I, I think we both enjoy this season heartily. Yes, I have heartily, I have heartily enjoyed this season. Just like yeah. season one, I think it, it takes a. I don't, for me, I don't know what it is about the Bad Batch. For me, both times it it took a rewatch. Oh, for to me, really to really love it. It took a rewatch for season one for me. For season two, I think season two. Some, I I think everything that Bad Batch season one does good, season two does better. Yeah, hard, yeah, hard to argue with that. Yeah, hard to argue with uh, that. But let's let's get into some summaries. So, yeah. So in Metamorphosis metamorphosis we open on a, a wrecked burning starship floating through space something very very bad has happened to this ship we don't know what yet there's one clone commando making their way through the halls before getting eaten by a mysterious creature who we who we don't see on screen cut to cut to wayland the mount tantus facility dr hemlock this is our this is our introduction Dr. Hemlock, right? Yeah, an introduction to Dr. Royce Hemlock, yeah. He he has arrived. He has arrived on on Wayland on Mount Tantus and he is the chief. He seems to be he's like the chief. He's the chief scientist of this the he's mysterious the facility. Yeah, he's the he's the chief of the Tantus program. So he goes and he talks to a captive prisoner, none other than Nala Say. He tries to convince Nala Say to he tells Nala, say, your work has survived. You know, we'd love to have you come back and work. You know, he says it a little less nicely than that, but the sentiment is there. To which Nala say says, screw you. You, the Empire just destroyed my entire home city and 90% of all Kaminoans. I'm not feeling, partic- I think the word I'm, she uses is, I'm not feeling particularly motivated right now. Something along those lines, which um, I thought was very funny. Where was it? Dang it. I know what Emperor Palpatine seeks to accomplish, and he will not have my cooperation. That is a great line. Yeah, by the way, not 90%. I think more than 90%, because it is said that the only two Kaminoans alive in the universe right now are Nalase and Lamasu. Really? Wow. Because they, they say, because at the end of the episode, but we'll, we'll get to this, but at the end of the episode, they're like, are there any other left? And they say, no, only the, but go ahead with the rest of the episode. So elsewhere, Sorry. the Bad Batch are in uh, the Bad Batch are in hyperspace on the Marauder. They're talking to Sid. The Bad Batch is furious at Sid for pretty much abandoning them when they were 
when they were stranded on an on a unfamiliar planet to which Sid basically says, well, you're alive now, aren't you? What's the big deal? Sid asks them, Sid asks them to do one more job for her. They negotiate, they negotiate a better rate with the Bad Batch, kind of thinking that it's going to be their last job for Sid. So Sid sends them the coordinates to this downed ship that they are going to go and salvage. So they follow the coordinates to, to this new planet. They see there's a village on the planet. And they find the crashed, they find the crashed ship. They notice that it's they notice that the ship is completely unmarked. The plot thickens. They explore, they explore this crashed ship, the same one that we saw obviously in the first scene they don't they don't find any of the crew but they realize they you know they see claw marks they see the the carnage that this mysterious creature has created and they realize we're we're dealing with we're dealing with something else here but and eventually they find the creature that was that was causing this it is actually a, a much smaller zillow beast yes that same that same zillow beast from those episodes of the clone wars well, not the exact same not the exact same one but like that creature, that well, species. Actually, yes, technically the exact same one, but we'll get to that. Okay, yeah, well, because it's cloned. Yeah, because yeah, it's, cloned. it's cloned. This whole thing is, it, it's part of a cloning thing. So the Zillow Beast busts out of the ship and it runs off. The Bad Batch, the Bad Batch find it. The Bad Batch chase it and they find it feeding on electricity from the village's power generators. And that's when we realize, whoa, the Zillow Beast feeds on power. It was a tiny juvenile Zillow Beast. Now it's full grown. This thing is fucking 300 feet tall. Oh my god. So they have to hunt down they have to hunt down the the Zillow beast um but the empire arrives of course. And the empire the empire arrives and they do manage to subdue the Zillow beast. So the empire the empire retrieves the Zillow beast and the bad batch the bad batch escapes with new knowledge of the cloning program and they're on the ship that's when tech says the empire didn't destroy camino because they wanted to destroy cloning they destroyed camino because they wanted to control cloning yep it ends with that ominous it doesn't end there doesn't end there yes we have another special guest another special guest coming back on mount tantis guess who else is still alive llama sue so Hemlock is saying, look, Hemlock says, Lama Su, look, Nala say she's not very forthcoming with her cooperation right now. How do I, basically in, ex- in exchange for his freedom, Lama Su, Lama Su tells Hemlock about the existence of Omega. Now Omega is the key to getting Lama Su, to getting Nala say to do what he wants. And that's where it ends. Yep. In the outpost, Crosshair is waiting at a spaceport Crosshair waits at a spaceport, and he hears some clone troopers talking about being being forced into retirement. He then gets transferred to the planet of Barton 4, under the command of Lieutenant Nolan. Nolan and Crosshair and some other troops, of course, get to Barton 4, and they see it's a very snowy, icy planet, and they see the the uh, base that the Empire has on Barton 4. Almost completely desolate. Like, there's almost no one there. There are three clones left. Mayday, Hex, and Veach. And they've been trying to protect some cargo from raiders that keep attacking the, the base. Nolan is, is is very clear about his, his dislike of clones. Saying before he departs to Barton 4 that he doesn't like 
used equipment. So, and, and so Mayday explains to Crosshair and Nolan that basically the reason why the Raiders have taken a lot of the cargo and the reason why they've been so vulnerable is that they've put out requests for reinforcements and new equipment, but the Empire has ignored all of them. So they're stuck to fend for themselves. Mayday takes that as a sign of personal weakness where Crosshair sees something different. The Raiders attacks the, the attack the, the base while they're there. Hex and Veach both die, leaving Crosshair and Mayday as the only two remaining clones left at the base. So what was I gonna say? So so Mayday and Crosshair get back to the go out on a mission to get the crates back. Mayday has to disarm a pressure mine at when Crosshair steps on it. They get this gear back with by fighting out the assailants, and then they find what's in the cargo that they weren't allowed to know, and it's new TK trooper armor. Literal plastic armor is what they were sacrificing their lives for. They're, they're, they were risking their lives for the armor of their replacements. Unfortunately, there then come there then comes an avalanche that almost kills Crosshair and Mayday and brutally wounds both of them. They make their way back to the base, and Crosshair tells Nolan that he has to help Mayday before he dies, and Nolan declines. And Crosshair gets so mad at him that he shoots the commander in the back. Crosshair then falls unconscious from the probably from the hypothermia that he was experiencing in the cold. And then wakes up on the planet of Wayland. He is on in Mount Tantus, being operated on by unknownst to him, his sister, Emery Carr, and do, being run tests on by the Empire on the planet of Wayland. And that's the outpost in Pabu. It this starts out with the Batch and Fee in a club where she's trying to make a deal with a bounty hunter named Lance Crowder. The deal goes awry, and they have to escape the club with their lives. Then they reveal that they reveal on the ship in hyperspace that they haven't been talking to Sid for at least 20 rotations, they say. And Fee offers them refuge on the planet of Pabu, which is a quaint little island planet that she has made a home away from home for herself on, along with her friend Shep Hazard and his daughter Liliana. All of the people who live on Pabu are refugees from the Empire, and the Empire doesn't know about Pabu at all. Le- leading Hunter and and Wrecker and Tech to question whether they should stay on Pabu permanently. They have a nice relaxing time there. Liana and Omega go out on a boat to watch the sunset. As the sunset, unfortunately, Pabu is hit by a one in 30 years, a once in 30 years tsunami. And the rest of the episode is Hunter, Wrecker, Tech, and Fee trying to get all of the people who were living on the lower area of Pabu up to safety so that they could survive the tsunami. No lives were lost. Everybody was okay. And they need, they, they're going to need some time to rebuild, but it seems like a pretty good secure place for the batch to rest for a little bit. We all have stuff to get into. We have three action packed, two action packed episodes and then Pabu, which is haunting. But yeah, let's let's do this. Let's 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 start with Metamorphosis. And wow, do we have an episode to start with? The Zillow Beast returns. Yes, the Zillow, the Zillow Beast, Beast returns. We got Royce Hemlock. We got Roy- Dr. Hemlock in the house. Yeah, I, I want to talk about the Zillow Beast back. first. All right, let's talk about the Zillow Beast. The Zillow Beast continues a great bad match tradition that I love. It had been 13 years since we'd seen an on-screen Zillow Beast. Wow. 13 years. 
building on the bad bad concept of of not seeing things for for a decade after their last appearance in the Clone yeah. Wars and then seeing them in the bad bad yeah it's been 13 years since we've seen Zilla Beast and one of the things I love about this episode so much is how it continues the tradition of basically doing anything with a Zilla Beast by making a Godzilla movie in Star Wars. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's I love when Star Wars does genre stuff like this, where like this is even I'd say more than like than the Zilla Beast episodes in the Clone Wars. I would say that this is a horror-based episode. You know, all of the clues we get, all of the Wrecker getting the slime on his hands, the claw marks, the yeah. clone commando being yanked up. That all screams horror to me. And I love how how much suspense we get and how much like a the beast is out episode. Oh this yeah, is. we definitely get that. Yeah. I, I do love when Star Wars does things like that. Yeah, that is a lot of fun. Yeah. Here's a fun fact about the show. When we were talking about the Zilla Beast arc on this show, this episode hadn't come out yet. So when we so when we heard oh, we're going to clone the beast from Dr. Bowl in that arc. We had no idea what was going to happen to it. That's a that's and actually a fun callback. They, they, now do. They, actually, they actually followed through. They actually followed through. They cloned the beast. Clone the beast. Yeah, it, it's, 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 a, it's a truly horrifying thing. And, but yeah, if we want to go with the beginning, we finally, after, this is the 11th episode of the season, finally... We've been waiting. We, we've got a little bit of the mystery. We've been waiting the entire season to find out what the fuck is happening on Wayland. Palpatine's cloning shit. Palpatine is cloning. We, we don't know everything, but Palpatine's cloning shit. And we knew, like, that probably. We, we kind was, of already knew that. We kind of already knew that, but, like, at least we now have a few specifics as to what's going on over there. But did you realize it took us 11 episodes in season two to get to Wayland? Yeah, it took us a while. It took us 11 episodes. Over half the season to get to yeah. Wayland. I'm so glad we finally got there, and I'm so excited that we spend it's it's the first two episodes, Metamorphosis and the Outpost, and then I believe Tipping Point is also spent on Wayland. Yeah. So I'm glad we spent spend a little bit of time there on this season. Hope we get to spend time there, obviously next season. Yeah. I want them to. I want a full. I want them to fully pull back the curtain. Yes. I, I want to see all the crazy next level I, shit I there. Want to see the weird st- I want to see exactly what Dr. Hemlock's doing. Dr. Royce is he's our new main villain for the show. He is, and yeah. I gotta say I love him How do you a feel lot. About that? I like him a lot more than Rampart. He's definitely more he's more unique than Rampart. Yeah. We've seen a lot of Rampart type Imperial officer type characters. Yeah. We haven't seen someone like Yeah, Hemlock is Hemlock is, is a is a unique sci-fi-esque villain. Yeah. He is this evil scientist, but he knows that he is evil. That's that's what I love about Hemlock is that he yeah. is he's fully self-aware. He knows what he's doing is fucking crazy. Well, I think he's kind of like I I I mean obviously we don't know too much about his character yet, but it seems a little bit like he's either for, for it's possible that he's like just like a, a palpatine super fan, like a palpatine fanatic. You know, based on what he says to to says, is now it serves a a new purpose, a higher purpose. Yeah, Palpatine's uh, purpose. This is a tipping point. They're going to research a bit. Bad Batch is going to research a bit about Hemlock. Basically, yeah. I think we find this out in the next episode. Basically, Hemlock 
it was was like kicked off a, a, a science board like mm. a science associate uh, science association in the republic basically because his experiments were deemed too extreme mm. and too like ghastly and palpatine then when the empire took over was like experienced in extreme and ghastly i'll take that thank you <laughs> yeah so yeah because i think he it, he's like one in legends he would be one of those like Palpatine fanatics on Biss, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, like he would and, be like, and, uh, he would and, be a Bissian for sure. No, Bissian is different, but he would be yeah, on Biss. He would be on Biss. He, he, like, like if, if, if he was fanatical enough, I'm sure he could end up on Exegol in yeah. canon. For those who might not know, in Legends, Biss was a world in the deep core. That was kind of Palpatine's personal retreat where he had legions of fanatic cult followers and. He just did a bunch of he did a bunch of crazy like dark side yeah. magic shit. It's, yeah, it's legends Exegol. It's legends Exegol, but like less zombie, less zombie. But like he does, but it's it's yeah, you're right. He does it's come much, back yeah. to life on bits and legends. Yeah, it's the right? same. It's the same shit. Actually, it's, 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 it's the same. It's basically the same yeah. plan. So I'm saying either that or he kind of actually. I was gonna say though, Hemlock is like a science version of Crosshair. You know, we kind of see throughout the season Crosshair kind of know i think at some point crosshair sort of figures out or realizes that what the empire is doing is wrong and he's kind of on the wrong side but crosshair can't imagine any life other than being a soldier yeah and he's he doesn't want to and he'll do anything to keep that life even if he knows what he's doing is immoral i think hemlock is the same way he wants to do his experiments he loves science he loves the crazy cloning stuff he uh, knows Palpatine's probably doing some sinister stuff. Here's what here, here he doesn't are, care because he loves for, it. For what um, for what my take is, what's your take? I think that Hemlock is the dark inversion of Doctor Pershing from mm. the Mandalorian, because we see in the third third season that all Pershing wants to do with his science is help people. Yeah, and that's the primary goal, but. This is an imperial scientist who wants to use a science to conquer, to do whatever the fuck he wants, to play God in a certain sense. Yeah. yeah. This, this is this is the dark version of Dr. Pershing. Yeah. Dr. Penn Pershing. Because of course it's called that. But yeah. By the way, let's talk about the fact that Dr. Hemlock, you know, Hemlock's a kind of poison, right? Yeah. <laughs> That, that, the name is very funny and, as well. And, and we'll the, the, the part in Tipping Point where he builds up a resistance to a type of poison. Dr. Hemlock builds up a resistance to poison. I mean, come yeah. on, Star Wars. Let's 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 be real here. Dr. Hemlock building up a resistance to poison. Like, calm down, Star Wars. We get it. He's evil. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. Yeah. But I love I love Nolis's warning. About I love Nolis's warning about about Palpatine's project. She basically says, "I know what you're trying to do. It won't work." I love that little. I love that little moment, and I hope it's it'll ultimately be prophetic because we know we know what happens to Palpatine. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how all this because it's still we don't know, and and I love how Bad Batch is teaching teasing us with this because. And this is the interesting thing too, just 
because Gideon's plot at the end of Mandalorian, because we thought that Gideon's plot could be related to Palpatine coming back and rise. Yeah. And then it was real that it wasn't. Yeah. But Bad Batch relating to Rise and how Palpatine came back is very still very much on the table. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and I love having that, still having that element. And I, I'm, I'm, I love it as much as I'm annoyed by it. Where it's just like, I know what Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine seeks to accomplish, and he will not have my cooperation. I'm like, what? What does he seek to accomplish? I know he wants to clone himself and then come back to life, but how the hell does that have to do with the Zillowies? Yeah. You know, we we could we could we could see how he might be interested in something like force sensitive cloning, like Gideon is is in yeah. the in in the Mandalorian. But I'm surprised. Yeah, but we don't know what the Zillow beast has to do with it. But is it we, just yeah. about the armor? But do we think that maybe Gideon, maybe these two things are related somehow? I don't know. Maybe Gideon swooped in because it seems like obviously within Gideon has like the Imperial remnant, but like. While Palpatine was alive, he wouldn't have let someone else pursue the same thing he was. He wouldn't have let Gideon do what he did. So maybe Gideon kind of swooped in and took some of Palpatine's yeah, sauce and technology. But but Gideon was trying to do it for himself. Yes, exactly. That's that's so, what I'm saying. Palpatine wouldn't have let him do that. So no, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm, I'm saying that, that Mando doesn't tie directly into Rise of Skywalker because Pal- yeah. it's not part of Palpatine's plan. It becomes part of Gideon's plan. Which is fine, but you know it's that it's just it it's not a specific link to rise, and I and I thought it might be a link to rise, but it isn't, and that's fine. Yeah. So yeah, there, then we have not sure what's all what's got you all twisted up in knots. I'm like, really, Sid? No, Sid. Sid I'm, in this episode is kind of this is the last straw for Sid. This like, is really the last straw for Sid. I'm like, like. I told you last episode that that, that was the last mission they did for Sid and in, yeah. in, in the crossing. I lied. It was this one. This is the last mission they do for Sid in Metamorphosis. Yeah. And frankly, they the, this Couldn't one have come one, too soon. This one they got something personal. They, they this one they got at least a bit of personal benefit because they like they got to figure out who Doctor Hemlock is, and Hemlock's going to be an important part of the season. They don't know that yet, but they will. But I don't know. I, I kind of wish that at some point in the second in the second season they had had more of a, a moment of closure. No, closure is not the right word, but I just wish that the Bad Batch had really at some point, you know, really confronted Sid about how badly she treated them. Because it gets pretty this is this is pretty uncool of her. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I understand that. It it's it's tough because they don't have a stable foundation under them. And Sid was the closest thing, and 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 it's it's funny that just when they don't have a, a stable foundation, Pabu comes in, and Fee comes into Pabu. Yeah, and I'm you know hopefully they could use that as a stable foundation at some point, but you know we'll get to Pabu and we'll get to the the tragic nature of Pabu when we get to it. But should we should we get to the Zilla Beast? Let's get to the Zillow Beast. Absolutely. The Zillow Beast is back. We get a lot of references from the from the Zillow Beast arc. Tech identifies it as the one that the beast that attacked Coruscant during the war, which of course we saw in the Clone Wars. Of course we did, yeah. And I I I love that he that that he figured that out because of course that would be because 
the stuff on Malice there, you know, wouldn't be directly relevant. But the fact that it attacked Coruscant during war, that's relevant to the back. Yeah. Yeah. We obviously see Tex, Texi's designs in the Imperial database for armor plating. So there was plans to, I assume, do Stormtrooper armor with Civil Beast plating. Yeah, which... that, that is, I mean, it, that's kind of, that was the implication in the Clone Wars. Well, yeah, that was with, with Clone Troopers, but but yeah. apparently now it's, gonna, of course, now it's going to be with Stormtroopers. Yeah. Which is maybe one of the scariest things I can imagine. Because it doesn't yeah. matter how good shots they are. You cannot kill them. Too bad you're just like invincible Stormtroopers. It, it, it would be horrifying. And like you know, they don't. The Bad Batch do, doesn't do shit against the the Zilla Beast. They they don't do shit against it. Yeah. They 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 they, they even when it's just a little, even when it's just small, even before it absorbs all the electricity and grows bigger, they can't do anything to it. Like, like you know, we see and we see fully trained Jedi like Anakin Skywalker and Yoda and Ayla Sakura go up against in the Clone Wars. That can't do shit. They can't do the shit. The only yeah. in both times is by doing the or well. They they do the gas thing in TCW also. Yeah, they do the poison gas thing, but giant ray gun. The the, the way they defeated in both Clone Wars and now is Anakin's strategy, which I love the fact that it's technically using a strategy from Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. Which is the stun raised stun raised to his joints, but that's not even to kill it. That's just to yeah. put it into a slumber. So, yeah, Zillow Beast armor plating. Would be a huge problem, like such a huge problem, which is why I think probably something's going to happen to that research, or and and the the clone Zilla beasts, just because you know why didn't we see that? Why wasn't every stormtrooper we saw in Star Wars Rebels, the original trilogy, Rogue One, you know why didn't when why didn't they have Zillow beast armor? Yeah, we'll 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 see, we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, and and Lama Sue kind of Lama Sue kind of hints at that, you know, in the episode when he says. It must be frustrating to have the, all the resources you need, let you, yet lack the expertise to achieve your goals. So I think ultimately, if if we, you know, no Zilla Beast armor, ultimately a lot of this cloning stuff, at least for for now, for the for the for the Empire era, doesn't really pan out. We have a guess as to why. Yeah. You know, the people who needed to cooperate didn't cooperate. Yeah, it's 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 tricky. It's 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 scary. Everything it, it almost more horrifying than the beast itself is the implications of what the empire could do with the thing. Yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of you know in Legends, the old Sith, like the old old Sith had the thing where they would create giant monsters and like do like the shape casting thing or whatever. You know, like Palpatine could definitely do. Palpatine could definitely do some stuff like that with the Zilla Beast, you know? Imagine, like, you know, we already got Boba riding the Rancor in Book of Boba Fett. Palpatine riding the Zillow Beast. I, I was just gonna, and I think we're also <laughs> gonna get Bo at some point riding a Mythosaur in The Mandalorian. That would be, be crazy. Imagine Palpatine or somebody riding a Zillow Beast. Like, that Bikes. would be telling. Like, Boba Fett riding a Rancor is is terror is is scary bow riding a mythosaur is very scary palpatine riding a, a zillow beast would be 
basically invincible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that would be that would be one of the scariest things you could possibly see in the galaxy. And the galaxy is a really scary place. Yeah. Every every time a new show comes out, there's more horrifying shit. Yeah. It, but but yeah, but the but the Zilla Beast, I think, yeah. One of the other things I like, I just love the the batch's reactions to the Zilla Beast and how quickly they realize how much danger they're in. Because when when she curls up against Wrecker and she goes, it ate the crew. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, baby girl. Y'all in her, y'all are in danger. Yeah. Y'all are in danger. It kind of, it kind of that that part, Omega, Omega is a very fun tool, I think, for the creators and the writers to kind of reality check the viewers. Cause as Star Wars fans watching Star Wars, we're so used to so much batshit crazy stuff happening all yeah. the time. But like the batch too. But like, yes, a giant beast that can eat clone troopers is very scary actually even though as the viewer it might be a little bit like yeah and and, and to the batch too the batch you know they often believe their own hype and they're very good but they're far from invincible yeah so when they can get to take a step back and be like oh my god this thing attacked coruscant during the war and it tore up buildings like nothing and it took several Jedi and a whole shit ton of poison gas to bring it down. You know, we're in deep shit. Now. We're in danger. We are in this entire episode is the Simpsons I meme. Looks around. I'm in danger. Yeah. No, absolutely it is. So yeah, it's it, it I I just love what the, the beast brings to the score the story. Anything else before I get to my last sort of thing? Not really. I don't have a lot to say about this episode, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I can, when I talk, I'll talk about my overall thoughts in it's, a minute. For, for me, there, there's one other part of this episode that I find really interesting, which is that obviously the, the beast attacks the town on that planet. What's the Empire's response to that? They don't care about They don't care about the town. They do care about the town, actually. I mean, I guess in a sense, when they want, they, yeah, they destroy all the witnesses. They arrest all the witnesses. Yeah. But like so, they 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 the 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 town committed the un like the the unpardonable sin of seeing an imperial experiment that leaked. Yeah, and they've gotten arrested for that one. They've gotten arrested for a ship that ended up crashing on a planet that happened to be theirs. This is fascism, everybody. This is fascism. Quintessential quintessential empire. Yeah. Like they they cannot let people know that they're cloning this beast. So 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 they arrest all of the citizens of that town for no other reason than they happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Like I think that's really like it it it, it, it they they nailed it because I think that's exactly they, the writer nailed it because that's absolutely what I think the empire would do. But yeah. let's not take let's not forget how ridiculously horrifying that is. Yeah. Just because they saw the beast. Now now they're getting put in an imperial prison, which you know. The one thing we know about imperial prison prisons are they are they're not they're not the most they're not the most pleasant of places. They're not the most pleasant of prisons, even. So yeah. Uh what are your overall thoughts about this episode since you kind of alluded to that? 
overall, I didn't like this episode that I wouldn't say I dis actually I wouldn't say I dislike this episode, just the the things that were hinted at in this episode, the little nuggets of awesomeness in this episode were awesome. I loved, you know, the hints at the cloning, you know, kind of peeling back the layers, you know, of the of the big mystery, getting to see Tantus, getting to kind of uh, getting to see Lama Sue talk to Hemlock, Hemlock talk to Nalase. But I, I didn't really I didn't find the actual main meat of the episode to be that compelling. I understand that. I think that that I I I, I very much like this episode. I think it's it's a it's probably a top ten of the season, not top not quite a top five for me. For me, I what I love about this episode is that it is that it is one of the more lore based episodes. Yeah, that, yeah, season. that's true. And that's true. I, and I and I like when they do some lore based episodes. I I understand that emotion and story and plot and all that kind of stuff, and and the character feelings and delivering like good storytelling is imp- is are more important. But every once in a while, when they where where they drop in some. Okay, here's how the Empire's doing this, and here's what they're doing with that. I, I appreciate that, is all I'm saying. And I, I love the horror vibes of this episode. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a very big fan of this episode. It is my least favorite of these three by a pretty decent margin. Me too. Big but, margin for me. But it, I don't think it's bad by any stretch of the imagination. I, I, I yeah. like it quite a bit. I don't think it's bad. I just think in Star Wars, whenever the conflict, and I know this isn't, this is, for this episode, it is the main conflict. Whenever the conflict becomes a man versus beast type of conflict, I feel like it gets, for me at least, it gets very boring I, very I, quickly. I understand that, and for most situations, I would agree with you. But the fact that it is the Zilla Beast and the fact that we haven't seen this thing in over a decade, I think makes it a bit more novel and a bit more special. That is true. That That is true. That, that It does have that going for it. I do love the Zilla Beast. I love that they brought that back. And, and that it is so hard to take down. Yeah. And that nobody, nobody has ever on screen killed a Zilla Beast. Yeah. Or actually, I think Dr. Bull killed the one in TCW, but, but that was in a controlled environment where she basically like did a, like a fatal injection, basically. Yeah. No, but like nobody has ever like took down like slaydays the lobbies that's just never happened in, in on screen i think kylo ren faced one in a comic once i'm not sure whether that zilla beast was killed or not i'm curious let's see was a zilla beast killed on actually yes kylo ren did kill it wow i guess that just goes to show kylo ren's they really wanted to show kylo ren's prowess because that that we've seen the Zilla Beast. That is no that is no mean feat. Yeah. So Kylo Ren killed the Zilla Beast on in a, in a comic. Yeah. But let's get to the outpost. Let's get to let's the get to the I outpost. Think... This is where things really kick up. This is a this is I a hard hitting episode for me. Is is where things kick up for the season. Fair um, enough. I, I meant for this trio of episodes. Yeah, but, but the outpost is another crosshair episode, and. And of course, judging by the other Crosshair episode in the season, The Solitary Clone, we're in for a good ride here. And I, I agree that it is a good ride. Already, did you notice the bass drums? Did you notice those bass drops? You bet I did. 
Like they, they were dropping those things like candy in this episode. I love the 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 bad batch face drops. Was, like like they're tasty. It, I, I I noticed it more than I ever had. I'm like, there we there we go again. Things are about to get really intense. Yeah. We first see that we first see that scene that I mentioned earlier about the clones being forced into retirement. Yeah, I think that's a great scene. The shit is hitting the fan. It's yeah. actually happening now. Due to the Defense Recruitment Act passing in the in truth and consequences, this happening. The clones are being rendered useless. They're yeah. it's right there, yeah. It's it's there there are no there are no they're no longer necessary for the empire and that's kind of the theme of this episode and then we meet one of the worst characters in star wars and i don't mean worst written i mean worst lieutenant nolan lieutenant nolan fuck i mean really fuck that guy most infuriating character He's one of the most infuriating characters in Star Wars canon. I mean, Justin, he's just an asshole. Remember, he says that the thing about, use, I don't like used equipment. Yeah. Remember when Crosshair and Mayday come back at the end of the episode? Mm, yeah. He's practically shoving those TK troopers out of the way to look at them. Yeah. He doesn't like the new equipment either. Yeah. I mean, that's the, he is the personification, literally personifying the Empire's attitude of don't look at people don't look at human beings don't look at individuals only look at groups institutions numbers and assets yeah that's Uh, that's what it is yeah it's it's fantastic how much nolan personifies i think even more than rampart does the empire's specific take on fascism i think nolan is is a is an infuriatingly but infuriatingly accurately written character yeah so so we meet mayday we meet mayday and mayday is one of the main characters of this episode and i love this idea of this grizzled clone vet i love the idea of him being one of the people to change crosshair's mind about this whole thing i mean he would be such a cool character i mean he is such a cool character who'd be even cooler if everything surrounding him wasn't so depressing this whole oh absolutely he but he is great the short end of the sick yeah. Absolutely. There's there's no there's no way other way of saying it. He gets he gets absolutely robbed in this episode. One of the first things he says that, that immediately caught my attention with him was that he echoes Rex's quote quote from the Clone Wars movie. Um, where where Nolan demands respect from him. And he goes, In my experience, respect is something to be earned. That's okay. I have experience outrings everything. everything. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Nolan's in over his head with this mission. Mayday knows that, and I think Nolan knows that too. And like, and and there's that there's that part where he goes, "So, how many missions have you commanded?" I thought so. Yeah. So, but 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 Nolan doesn't care about that, and the Empire doesn't care about that because again, they view everything as assets. And yeah, it's 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 just the the word that comes to mind when I'm thinking of this episode is just brutal. It's just a brutal episode. It, 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 it there's this there's a sense of hopelessness and despair to this episode. Yeah. This episode is honestly for me kind of it's kind of hard. Like it's so it's so 
brutal that it's kind of hard to watch. I am totally agree with like that. Like the moment when what Crosser Crosser steps on the mine and the, yeah. what is what is Mayday's reaction? He says, "I don't want to have to carry another body back. I'll disarm it." Well, that that's that's like, to the that that's to the that that's a response to Crosshair's earlier quote to him, where where one of the, they see one of the raiders dead on the ground, and Crosshair goes, "No point in carrying dead weight." Yeah, and then Mayday goes, "Remind me not to die on your watch." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is really kind of Crosshair's. This is, Do you want to get into that? Like, yeah. What I actually love about that quote specifically. I think it cuts right to the Harley episode, which is the crosshair. However much he tries to convince himself otherwise, he's not one of them. He's not an Imperial. He cannot be an Imperial. At the end of the day, however prickly he may be, he cares for people, so he cannot be an Imperial. Yeah, I think that this episode is kind of it's, I mean, it's it's obviously Crosshair's tipping point, you know, where this has been building up and this is really the final nail in the coffin. This is the coup de grace for him, where throughout the season, the first two, both the seasons, we see Crosshair pretty much, you know, Bad Batch is adapt. It's all about adapt or die. It's all about adaptation. We see Crosshair pretty much refusing to adapt. As a batch snaps, he doesn't want to change his ways. He doesn't want to change his thinking. He just wants to keep going with, you know, good soldiers follow orders. I serve the Republic and now I serve the Empire. He's finally confronted with a situation where he he can't conscience that anymore because he does have a conscience, even though he tries to suppress it. Yeah. And what we see is that he's so blinded by his, you know, need his need to live life a certain way, his need to feel like he's serving something, even if that's the Empire. And this is kind of his rude awakening that the Empire really doesn't care. Because I think in the back of his mind, he he maybe th- is thinking, you know, I'm special. Like, I'm not going to be decommissioned like that's another ones because I'm, I'm, I'm crosshair. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, super skilled and i have my special talents and everything then he realizes oh shit the empire does not give one single hoot you know and that's kind of that i i i love that 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 you brought up the whole special thing i i know that i put this up here let's see i'm trying to find where i put this in my notes i think i think i said something like crosshair is oh yeah the, yeah I love that. So, yeah, Crosshair thinks he's special. Crosshair thinks he's different. And he thinks that can get him with the Empire. But just by the fact that he's a clone, if nothing else, by the fact that he's a clone, he's automatically lumped in with all the other clones and he's automatically inferior. Yeah. And this is the episode where he fully realizes that. That everything that the Empire is propagandizing, both in the clone troopers heads by via inhibitor chip and to the large galaxy is a complete lie yeah i mean this is kind of yeah and and also he, we see him standing up for regular clones too which is something that he hasn't done that's something that crosshair haven't done before in fact he's shown a lot of contempt for them it's it's really this is like a 
for crosshair it's kind of a i stared into i stared into the bonfire until i too was on fire kind of moment is that how is that the right way the quote goes i can't i don't know i, I don't know but like quote specifically but yeah i don't know shout out to jared from the nerd academy podcast because he i was i was talking with him and, and eli and some folks the other day and i think he was the one who i think he was the one who introduced that, that. Like he was the one who introduced that to my lexicon that, that I, li- I like that a lot like a jared quote that yeah. definitely sounds like a jared quote yeah that sounds like jared in epic confrontations actually um <laughs> hey oh anyway wait did you just did you just dab yes a i little did bit? yes i did you know you just dabbed okay yes i did 20 hey, it's, it's 2020 you just did it again it's yes. 2023 we we that's the first this first dab i've seen in like five years that's awesome one of the other things i love hearing from mayday and and we've heard this from a lot of clones this season we've heard this from the bad bad constantly through the show we've heard this from many yeah. clones this season cannot say i thought ever thought much about the war ending yeah until it did it turns out if you train soldiers only to think about war and never about peace, they'll be confused after the war ends and peace is all they're left with. Yeah. I mean... You, you train them for one thing and now their one thing is gone. What do you expect them to be doing? Yeah. And we, we even see this with the Bad Batch where, I mean, we'll get to this in Pabu, but Fee basically says, you know, you guys might be really good soldiers, but you have no social skills. Omega has no social skills. She needs to learn social skills. And yeah, what other and skills, life skills? What other skills does Omega have other than military skills? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's one hundred percent. That that that's one hundred percent on about probably. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to talk about the reveal about what the cargo is? Yeah. Because this is this is really the this is really yeah. the turning point. Gear, gear. We've been risking our lives to recover equipment we could have been wearing this whole time. It's not clone trooper gear. Right. New toys for their shiny new military. And we get the scraps. Yeah. I mean, that's... Mayday, I love you. Stop doing our job for us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's another one of those moments where it's just like... Yeah. The Empire is making these clones fight for the armor and the supplies of their replacements. There is no better metaphor for the Imperial philosophy than that, I think. Everyone's expendable. Everyone's an asset. Everybody's useful until they're... That's what Nolan says right before he shoots him. Get back to work while you're, while you're still useful. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that's the empire. You know, at, ultimately, everyone is an asset except for Palpatine. Yeah, that that's what that was something Even I Vader. said at the end of the episode, which is which is which is that. And just to jump a bit ahead, when Crosshair assassinates Nolan, it, it's one of the most satisfying feelings of that episode. But that for me quickly faded away once I realized that Nolan's death means nothing. For the empire yeah because he's expendable too yeah they don't care he's the cog in the machine just like uh, he matters like he ma- he matters as much to the empire as crosshair does absolutely he's replaceable you know and then i and then i wrote my notes no life in the empire truly matters except its emperor this is the galaxy that palpatine has created and thus it is the galaxy that everyone else has to live in yeah that's right I mean, and 
if you think about, think if we jump ahead to the rise of Skywalker, because I do think this was part of Palpatine's plans, because you know, there's that line in the rise of Skywalker that that I often forget about. And I think a lot of people forget about it because it's not really relevant to the film's plot, but I think it's actually an interesting, like, thematic idea. In the message that Hux steals, it says in 18 hours, attacks on all free worlds will begin. Yeah. And we see some attacks on all free worlds, like the attack on Kajini. What do they do on Kajini? Remind me of that one again. Blow that shit up. They blow the planet up. So I think it's a reasonable assumption that Palpatine was going to try and destroy as many planets he could with his Zeist and class star story. His goal yeah. wasn't to rule the galaxy anymore. His goal was to destroy. I mean, at the that galaxy. point, it, at that point, it was at that point, you know, he and the, all the Final Order, they kind of just def, they kind of just descended into madness. Yeah, you know, but like. But, but if you think about that goal with Palpatine's philosophy, it actually makes a ton of sense. Because Palpatine is like, well, no life matters except for mine anymore. So why do we need all these other people living? I mean, that's Pal that's the Palpatine mentality. That's yeah. And he is the reason it is all this way. Yeah. The Sith ideology is the reason that Star Wars is the way it is. You yeah. even have, I mean, for like even before, like Operation Cinder. Was bait like the whole thing with the 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 star that's, destroyers that's a good point, yeah. in in Rise of Skywalker is really just like Operation Cinder two point on a much bigger scale. Operation it's like yeah. okay, if I can't have the galaxy, I'm gonna make sure no one else gets to enjoy it. I'm wait. burning it to the ground. Wait, where's Osi Silvek? Remember Osi Silvek? Yeah. We say like I I if I don't have the information that it'll stop in with you. Okay, which which what was that his official death? You know, we, we saw like the deleted scenes where like eight there was like five different oh, official death. That was the official death. So not one of the five unofficial alternate deaths. Well, that, that was the official. That was <laughs> okay, the official. Okay. Death. That was that was not one of the alt deaths. Yeah, I swear. Absolutely wild that they waited that long to pick one that they had like rendering something. They were like, we can't pick. Let's just make five alternate deaths and then we'll we'll wing we'll, it. We'll figure out. We'll, we'll fucking figure wing out what it. we want. But Dave Filoni. Uh, if if you're wondering what we're talking about, this is from our episode a while back from deleted scenes of seasons three and four of Clone Wars early May of this year. But yeah, but yeah, the the but but I I love that we got to the. Uh, to to the gear and then and then before the avalanche happens i want to i want to get to this final quote we're good soldiers we followed orders and for what yeah that's kind of like the yeah i mean that that's just like the 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 the, the final it's turning around on them yeah we're so much time good soldiers swallowers good soldiers follow orders yeah. This is like the, the payoff. Going to defend good soldiers follows or like the, the inhibitor chips to you. Okay. Because I think it, it it is an interesting part of the story where because that was never them saying that. But wouldn't it have been more powerful if it was? I think it would have been powerful in a different way. But I Fair think enough. the idea that the Empire literally planted the propaganda into their brains until they believe something that was not even their own thought, that's scary. 
Yeah. And the tragedy that Mayday probably never even realized that it was propaganda. That he was hoodwinked into believing that it was all on his own. I think that's terrifying. Yeah. In a in a in an in extreme in, in, in a weird psychological way. And there's the avalanche. I mean, this is the moment Crosshair's helmet literally gets knocked off in the avalanche. Crosshair's literally his knocked, knocked off. The representation of the facelessness of the empire. Yeah. I said the crushing commitment. weight of the the crushing weight of the mission yeah. literally tumbles down on them. It's super symbolic. Yeah, it's super duper and, symbolic. And and imagine here's here's the other thing. And I think this is. I like the contrast of this episode, Pablo. Because Pablo is all about community. Yeah. But there's no such community in the Empire. The Empire don't care. That, 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 the... If you had to, t- if you had to ask me to describe this episode as concisely as I could possibly do, the Empire DGAF. The Empire don't give a fuck. That's what this episode is. The Empire don't give a fuck. Imagine that avalanche happening with the batch. Imagine how different it would be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think in the back of his mind, Crosshair always kind of knows the Bad Batch. This would be different if I was still with the Bad Batch. This wouldn't have happened. And and did you notice, by the way, that he lied to Mayday? No, what what did he say? Where, well, where, well, he said, well, he, he, well, when Mayday was disarming the the pressure plate, and um, and and he was asking Crosshair about his former squad, he went, Clone Force ninety nine, and then and then Mayday asked him what happened to them, and he said, they're gone, insinuating that they were dead. I mean, I think he's not entirely lying. It's lying in the same way. He, it's a what I told you was true from a certain point of view type of situation yeah. like to crosshair in that moment in his life they are gone they're dead to him and crosshair has to feel that way in order to maintain his sanity with yeah. the choices that he's made that that's I was, that's what i was going to say i'm like I, I, was, I was actually going to say something very similar which was like are you telling mayday that crosshair or are you telling yourself yeah yeah i couldn't have said that's it you couldn't i couldn't have said it better myself he's like he has to feel that way in order to stay sane and do his job and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. It's it it it's horrific. It's it, it's just a brutal episode. Fucking props to Nathaniel Villanueva and Brad Rao for the gorgeous direction of this episode. I mean, gorgeous. The cold the coldness of the planet mirroring the cold uncaring nature of the empire like it's the shit right there and of course jennifer corbett wrote this episode which you know i think that should put her on like a rush more of some <laughs> writers i think um, right, this was this was a this was a this was a knockout this it was, was, a, it, was knockout. A, it was a damn good episode a top five for me top five for you top yeah five. probably top five for me given that for this season top five for me as well yeah though this season top five for yeah. me and spoiler Pablo is also a top five for me Pabu's very interesting episode. You want to get to it? Let's get to Pabu. It's another fee mission. Another fee, fee Genoa, mission. Fee Genoa is back. Yep. 
This time she's once again buying an ancient relic. Yep, in a scene very reminiscent of Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. You know what that club is called, right? Yes, I did. I, I do know what that club is called, yeah. What's the club called? Club Lauche. You you want to do the honors of explaining the the reference here? Yeah. It's like the inverse of Club Obi-Wan, basically. It is the inverse of Club Obi-Wan, because this is a mirror of the Lauche sequence from, from Temple of Doom. Anything goes, but and that was named Club Obi-Wan. But this is named after the businessman that the version of Lance Crowder in Temple of Doom, which is a guy named yeah. Lao Che. Double reference, one of my favorite references in Star Wars. Alex Damon pointed it out several times. I know he loves it. I love that little trivia detail too. I love when they do stuff like that. And of course, it's in Oromesh, so you have to go and translate it. So it's only for the really hardcore fans who will go and translate it and then realize what that means. Fantastic. Love it. Just for posterity's sake, Lance Crowder is a great Star Wars name. We get Kohuns. Back in Star Wars, I think the first time Kohan's been seen Since Attack of the Clones, on screen right? in Star Wars, which is another Bad Batch tradition of bringing in stuff that hasn't been seen in a decade plus. Yep. I'm, I'm actually curious. Let's see. Kohan's. Yeah, Kohan's hadn't been seen. They, they, they were they were live Kohan's. Apparently there were Kohan's in. Yeah, there were Kohan's apparently frozen in carbonite in, in squadrons somewhere. But. But not actually, but not actually like live Kohans in Star Wars. But but yeah, one of the things I like about this episode that it immediately does, especially after how certain people were talking about her in Entombed, I love how it automatically like establishes the fact that Fee, unlike Sid, is actually a good person. Yeah, this totally changed. Like like looking back on it, this episode definitely changes my perception. Of Fee a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Still, I still, I still don't think what she, I still don't think what she did in the mountain with Omega and everything was cool, but this does make me feel a lot better about her overall. She's much more of a friend to the batch. And I'm glad. Oh, yeah, no, she's a total friend of the batch. Yeah. I'm glad that they have that. I'm sure she's going to come back in season three. I'm 100% certain. I hope so. I want to see Wanda Sexy and I want to see Fee again. She was only in like, what, like two episodes? Like three. Three, yeah. She wasn't actually I mean, in the well, show as well, much. It'll as... be four or five, I think, because yeah. she's in a few more in this season. But she's not actually a big... It's, she's not actually as big a part of the show as I think we had been led to believe. Nope. She was... Based on the promotional material. She was as big of a part of the show as Rex was, basically. Yeah. Maybe a little more. This season. Rex was in, like, how many episodes? Rex was in Clone Conspiracy. Clone Conspiracy. Was she's he in Truth and Consequences? couple more and then he's in tipping point i think that's it actually yeah so yeah basically they're about they're a part of the same amount of this this season but yeah but yeah then we get on to pabu which is where the harley episode is and this is spoiler this is my favorite episode of these three it's probably my third favorite episode in the entire season it's a very good episode conspiracy and treating consequences and I love this episode yeah. because it hurts so goddamn much. The whole episode is kind of saying, "Look at what you're missing out on, Bad Batch." It's it's look at what you're missing. It's encapsulating this moment in time where we know that the Batch could, if they wanted to, stay there and live a life relatively free of conflict. Yeah, but they can't. 
Yeah, they're pulled back. Well, because here's the thing: even though, like, and even if they they weren't necessarily pulled back into it, I would argue that the Batch's true role in the galaxy is that role of helping people who are oppressed by the Empire. Yeah. Well, and I, this. I... Yeah. is the easy way out well i think this episode is profound because a lot of times in star wars i think it's kind of the message or or one of the implications unintentionally becomes you know fighting this fight is all that there is for people you know for the people who are fighting the good fight to make things better they have no choice like this is and some of them may have no choice they may feel like they have no choice but in reality it's a massive amount of sacrifice. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that's very important to remember in the real world, too. Yeah. It, it, it's a, 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 yeah. Like fighting, fighting the good for? fight. Yeah. A lot of the times. Yeah. Actually is sacrifice. And we see that and we're reminded of that. Here we're reminded yeah. of what the Bad Batch are actually sacrificing. Yeah. But it, it reminds me specifically, like, in a weird way. And I'm not saying it's as twisted as this. But it reminds me of the end of Star Wars Rebels. It reminds me of when Palpatine gives Ezra the choice, which I don't believe was a choice. I no, it's some total like it was some it was some like force illusion fuckery, yeah. obviously. But like, but the choice of going back through the world between worlds so he'd never be a Jedi. Yeah, so he could live the life he wanted with his parents, but that Palpatine would have to worry about one fewer Jedi in the universe. Yeah, this is a similar idea for me. Is that they're tempted. Yeah. They can stay, but it's not the right thing to do to stay. Yeah. At least not long term. If they want to short term between missions, I don't think there's actually anything wrong with that. But it's, a, you know, the, the you know, it's, I forget exactly who this was. I believe this was, yeah, Spock. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Like, yeah, they're serving themselves and they're serving the people of Pabu. But there are so many millions and billions of more people in the galaxy who need help. Yeah. And by staying on Pabu, they're abandoned. And they have the ability with their enhanced strength and their combat training to help people. Yeah. And every moment they stay on Pabu is a chance, is, is, is a moment that they're not doing that. Yeah. And they have a responsibility. Yeah. They, 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 and they feel like they have a, they, they feel that they, way, they, you know? They, they know there's a responsibility. It's this horrifying. But be, and that's what I think is actually like is one of the most beautiful things about this episode is that it is this endless twinge of these emotions where you know where you want them to stay but you know they can't. Yeah. It, and it's 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 horrifying, like in the in the most tragic and beautiful way. Amanda Rose Munoz, who wrote this episode, knows how to rip my heart out. <laughs> like God. Yeah. Damn. I mean, for. for- this is the one place where Wrecker can eat his fill. Like it's yeah. got everything. They, it's got every everyone is happy here. Set the record down on his data pad. I have not heard her laugh like that in some time. Yeah. When Shep Hazard says, "As a father, you couldn't ask for a better place to raise a child." Yeah. Omega on the lake with Liana gets to have a friend of her own age. Yeah. She gets to be a kid. All things that the batch want for her. Yeah. But they can't have. It's it's the it's the moment of pure bliss. 
while there's what while the empire's going around oppressing the galaxy. Yeah. It's it, it's 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 one of the most touching things of the season for me. Because of how because how much of a, a what do you call it when something because of how much of, of a paradox it is. Yeah. Because of how contrasting and how diametrically opposed the two our two like feelings are. And of course we have a tsunami in this episode. Once every 30 years. But from what I understand, again, once every 30 years, it's not common. They won't have to worry about that again for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you'd think that they'll have some more prep, they'll have some more preparation for the next time, you know? Yeah, but the next time won't be for decades. That's the thing. So if a flood who you're managed to you managed to save everybody from no injuries, no deaths, some property damage. If that's the worst thing that happens in an episode, that's incredibly tame. Next yeah. to things we've seen about, and they even have more, and they even have in in some in some capacity. It's 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 kind of a it's kind of weak, but they do have more of an onus to stay. Now they could be like, we have to help rebuild. You know? Yeah, I think they do that for a while. But yeah, so the point is, but 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 the point is, the point is that you know. The stakes this episode, what actually happens tragically in this episode? Yeah, pretty pretty minor for a bad match episode. Yeah. Well, I think the thing is, leave being a hero means you're not really living the life that you really want. Yeah, ultimately, it, it's, that's it's... that's throughout Star Wars, throughout fiction. That's what makes being that's what makes being a hero resonant. You know, is that yeah. is is that it involves it's that sacrifice, sacrifice? You know, it, it involves giving up something yeah. and like it, it wouldn't be a good story it wouldn't be a good character if there's a character who just has everything he's like super selfless and and awesome and brave and helps people so much but they also like don't give up anything you know yeah that wouldn't be that compelling wouldn't be if they don't have to struggle yeah and and figure out what they want to do with their life you know yeah absolutely and that's what the batch are going through here. So yeah, it, it's an extremely rare episode of the Bat Batch, or of just generally of Star Wars. Yeah, where we actually get to explore what it's like in peacetime. I was struck by how une- no, maybe the wrong word. Like just seeing a part of Star Wars where it's actually one hundred percent peacetime. People are for the most before pre tsunami. People are relaxed, happy, prosperous, harmonious. It's life is good. Internet. It's so unfamiliar. It feels so unfamiliar as to Star Wars that it feels almost uncomfortable, you know. But in a way, I think that's what makes it so genius. Oh, absolutely! Is that it puts us in a place that we're so unfamiliar with it and makes it still feel like Star Wars. Oh, it's absolutely intentional. It's absolutely intentional that that we're we're feeling this way because of this episode. I I I, I there there's such beauty in that. I I think there's I just. That's why Pabu is one of my favorite episodes of the season. It's a banger. It's it's a. Uh, I'll just say, it. I, I'll, I'll wrap banger. it up by saying that Pabu, again, as we mentioned, is is my third favorite episode of the season. Probably my third favorite episode of the Bad Batch. Wow. I don't know where Reunion from season one fits in there, but probably top five, top ten, maybe episodes of uh, of Batch. But mostly all my favorite episodes are season. 
or, or this season. But yeah, Pabu narrowly edges out the outpost for me. And then metamorphosis for my rankings. I mean, it's Pabu by a pretty good, by a comfortable margin, I would say it's Pabu. Then then the outpost is amazing as well. The outpost is up there. And then yeah. metamorphosis, kind of a mixed bag for me. But yeah. I like all these episodes. They're, 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 all, they're episodes. all net positives. They're, they're fantastic episodes. Rounding out with Pabu is, it was just breaks me. Pablo breaks me. Yeah. But I think that's going to be it for this episode of Star Wars and the Galaxy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Star Wars and the Galaxy. Next week, next week, we're going to be finishing up the series. Wow. The, the, the series for now, at least. You know, season three, we'll figure out when we're going to do that. But if we're going to, yeah. we're, we're, we're ending up, going to have to end up doing a lot of things, a, weird, a lot of weird things out of order on in a galaxy yeah. these days. And we're prepared to do that. But yeah, next episode, Tipping Point. The summit and plan 99 and then the episode after that is our retrospective and then we finish wow. that batch i guess now is a good it's time really flown by to announce our next season after the bad batch season 14 season four uh there will be obviously tipping point summit and plan 99 and then there will be the then there will be the retrospective episode yeah and then we'll do a special episode and then we'll get to season 14 of star wars and galaxy which i am so happy to announce is going to be covering Jedi on order. So we're both of us are very excited to, to, to dive into that game. And trust me, we're gonna be I, I we already have some ideas for guests for Fallen Order that I'm very excited about. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything because we haven't confirmed anything yet. But uh, yeah, but you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and threads and hive at, in a galaxy pod. You can listen to us on Spotify. Out podcasts, Google Podcasts, where you listen to your podcasts, we will be there. If we're not, email us SWNagalaxy at gmail.com and uh, watch Epic Confrontations. This is going to come out after Hyperspace. We really hope you enjoyed it. I'm sure we're going to have a blast doing it. I'm sure by this time you'll, you saw that Jacob was in it. So I, I'm hoping he does great in it. I'm hoping he makes this show, the, this this channel. This I'll make us proud. proud. I'll put up a fight. Uh, which is weird to say because I'm hosting this and I wrote other questions, but you know, we're going <laughs> to ignore that one. But yeah, Connor, but yeah, you're gonna have to face the wrath wrath of me, myself, the Chiquiti man, and Boop. So I'm so I'm so fucking scared. Yeah, I love you know look, I don't have to say how much I love Star Wars because I've been I've been doing this for for what we've been doing this for three and a half years. Yeah. I feel like it's not that I'm work I'm it's not that I think my credentials are in jeopardy, but I do not hang my hat on being particularly good at trivia. This is known. I have had I have not had great outings in past trivia Star Wars events. So hopefully I can turn it around this time. We will see. I, but anyway, until then, may the force be with you. Always. Always. <laughs>